Welcome to the Move Forward Podcast with Dr. Kim Moss. We're absolutely passionate and committed to equipping believers to move forward in their life with Jesus, their careers, and their family. Each episode is designed specifically with you in mind to help you overcome the obstacles you're facing and truly move forward. We know you'll love this episode. Here's your host, Kim Moss. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Wow, I can't believe the holidays are already here with us, right? Thanksgiving is a really special time, and not every nation in the world uh, celebrates Thanksgiving. And I'm not sure that every nation in the world actually understands why we celebrate Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving started one way and I think has ended up another, but it actually is a national holiday where families get together and we eat food and we watch football and we, um, and we rest. We celebrate. It opens up pretty much the holidays in our country and leads into Christmas time. But Thanksgiving really was originally about uh, giving thanks to God for the harvest and for the bounty. I want to talk a little bit today about being thankful and uh, about the attitude of the heart because I think it's important. And I've been asked lots of questions about how to... uh, how to deal with your family on Thanksgiving and how to deal with, you know, the crazies and all of that of the holidays. And I care about talking about all that, but I think that before we talk about any of that, um, I think that we have to talk about the matter of the heart. I think we have to talk about what it means to be thankful and, um, and that when we're not, what happens? I think the best way to talk about that actually is to look at a passage of Scripture. So if you're with me today and you have your Bible, um, I know that sounds really sermony, doesn't it? Preachy. But um, in Exodus chapter 15, verses 22 to 27, I think is probably one of my favorite passages of Scripture that talks about this very thing. And I think it's really important in this time. So it says... um, Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days into the wilderness, and they found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter, and therefore it was named Marah. The people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. And there the Lord made for them a statute and a rule, and he tested them, saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, do what is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments, keep his statutes, I'll put none of the diseases on you I put on the Egyptians, because I am the Lord your healer. Then they came to a limb where there were twelve springs of water, seventy palm trees, and they encamped there by the water. How in the world does this have anything to do with Thanksgiving? Well, you know, I think that it's it's so much like life. You know, when you think about this, listen, the Israelites were following Moses. Moses, God had come to Moses, said, I hear the cry of my people because they're oppressed and they're in bondage in Egypt. And he wanted to bring them out. I'm going to bring them out. I'm going to bring them into the promised land. I'm going to tell them who they are and what their destiny is. And they're going to hear my voice. They're going to be my people. I'm going to be their God. So they're all excited about that. And they go through a series of very difficult trials and testings. Where, and, and life was very bitter, was very hard. They suffered a lot. They had lost a lot. They had, they had suffered actually 400 years of being oppressed. And Moses comes along and he, after a series of plagues and everything, and, you know, and God doing miracles, he brings them out. They come through the Red Sea. 
right? The Red Sea opens up in a great miracle. It's the greatest deliverance in the entire Old Testament. And it actually is a, um, a foreshadowing of what Jesus was going to do for all of us. He was going to bring us out of bondage to the enemy, the lies and the oppressions and the hard taskmaster that he is. And so they come out, right? And they come out in this glorious way and they're all excited and they stand up and, and Miriam leads them in a song and they say, woohoo, you know, the Lord, he's triumphed and the horse and the rider has been thrown into the sea. So those, the enemies who'd been after them, who had followed them, had every advantage that they did not have, um, were drowned in the Red Sea and they would see them no more. And now they're on the other side of that deliverance. And they're excited. And you can just feel their excitement, you know? I mean, how many of us, when we go through great deliverance, or we get saved and we're so excited and now things are going to be great. Now now I'm going to reach my promised land. Now God is going to do all these wonderful things for it. Now everything is going to change. Now things are going to be like I have always hoped and wished and asked for them to be. And God is going to be on my side and and all of that, you know? And they do what Moses had asked Pharaoh. Moses said, let my people go three days into the wilderness so that they can worship God. And they're all excited. Here we go. We're on our way. We're, we're stepping into the promise now. And then they come to the Red Sea. And it says that the water was bitter. And you, you can almost, you know, feel their disappointment if you stop for a moment. It's like it stops them in their tracks. It knocks the breath out of them. It rips the rug out from under them. They're just like, you've got to be kidding me. It's only been three days. It's only been three days. And and I've hit another bitter place. I, I have another tragedy. I have to deal with another crisis. I have to have another rejection. I have to, I have to deal with another disappointment. You know, and they don't understand what's going on. They can't, they can't see beyond it. They get stuck there. And how do we know they get stuck there is because it says they complain and that word in the in the Hebrew af- actually can mean they stayed overnight. So so they get stuck there. They complain. They grumble to Moses. You know, and it's easy for us when we read scripture to go, "Wow, how could they be like that? My goodness, you know, God had just done this great thing, this amazing thing, and couldn't they see that God was with them?" Well, we know we know the rest of the story, but they didn't know that yet. You know, they think, wow, we'd been deceived. We thought it was going to be this way, but it's not going to be that way. And, it, and only after three days, you know, they're tired and, they're, and they're, they're stuck. They're stuck in their attitude. They're stuck in their heart. They're stuck in their mind. They're stuck back in Egypt was what's really going on. And they're, they're bitter. They're bitter. Not just the water's bitter, but, you know, their bitterness. And out of their bitterness, they complain. And, um, and they are stuck there. They're not thanking God. They're not looking at all he's done. They're not remembering it because they hit another bitter place. And you know what? I was thinking about this. Um, the reason this came up in my mind about Thanksgiving is because so many of us, we have, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably because you've been saved. You have experienced something with Jesus. You have seen something more. You you feel like you're supposed to be something more. You want to move on with God. You want to come to the promises and you want, and then the holidays come along and you're about to spend time with your family. 
and we get with our family and we get stuck there. (laughs) Why is that? Because sometimes when we sit with our family, we are not, we're not able to maintain who we really are that God says we are. We're not able to maintain um, moving forward in this purpose and destiny that God has for us. Instead, we are stuck in our mind as a kid or uh, as the black sheep or um, as the one that was rejected or um, as the one who was abused or mistreated or misunderstood or abandoned or any myriad of things. And we get together with our family and that's what we remember and we are stuck and we are back in Egypt Again, it doesn't matter how many miracles God has done, doesn't matter, and, and we, we get stuck. And what happens is that we grumble and we complain about it the way the people did because we don't see a way forward. What's interesting about this passage of scripture I want you to remember is that, you know, what's happening here is that God is about to establish with them a new way of being. He's about to he's about to reveal himself as their healer. He hasn't before in scripture to this point revealed himself that way. And he wants to them know, I I'm your healer. He wants them to experience him in a new way in a situation that seems like they've been this way before. A bitter situation, a tragic situation, a time when they are afraid that maybe it's all been a lie and it's too good to be true. Maybe, you know, we're going to die here. And in the midst of their fear, instead of, instead of remembering who they are and who God is, they give in to that old fear and they grumble. You know, when I, uh, thought about this patches of scripture and I looked into what it means to grumble and complain, I found this very interesting, um, I found this very interesting study. And you know, it it they have done studies now on the brain and of people, scientific study. Now this is not a Christian study. This is a scientific secular study by a group of people who wanted to do a study on grumbling and complaining. You know what they found? That grumbling and complaining comes out of a negative attitude. And do you know what they found about that? That negativity actually changes the physical aspects of our brain. It changes our brains physically. They said that that when you grumble and complain, when you're negative and you see things negatively and you speak negatively, what happens is that um, your neurons actually begin to form bridges with other neurons of negativity. And, and it just gets easier and easier for your mind and your thoughts to cross over those bridges and you become more and more negative. And as you become more and more negative, you don't even realize you're being negative. You're just negative. You see, see things negatively and your habit and your default response to almost everything that you, that you, uh, go through is negative grumbling and complaining. Isn't that interesting? And then they made this one observation that I think is so critical for us to understand. Said that that these people who they come to that place where they're so negative that they don't even understand, it says that they cannot be recognized by those around them as anything more than negative. And so the people around them don't see them as who they really are. I'm paraphrasing there. 
But what I want you to see is that, see, God has called you. He has called you and he calls you as his own. And he says, this is who you are. You are my son. You are my daughter. You are my this, my that. He has a name for you. He has a calling for you. You have a true identity. But when you are negative and you approach things negatively and out of your mouth comes complaining and grumbling, then those people around you can't see you for who you really are, who God says you are. Instead, they see you as negative, complaining. They see you in your old man and your old identity. Isn't that interesting? Think about that in relationship to the holidays and getting together with your family. (laughs) We so much want our families to see who we really are, to see us the way God sees us, and yet we get into our family and we fall back into the old habit, the old pattern, and because we become afraid and we think like the kid or the rejected or the abandoned and we behave out of that identity when we're around them and so they can't see us in any way different than they've always seen us. And so then we respond out of that the same way that we used to instead of out of a new way, just like the Israelites here come to a hard situation and they respond like they used to. They grumble and they complain rather than look to God and say, no, God, we're your people and you're our God and nothing is impossible for you. How do you see this situation and what do you want to do about it so that we can join you where you're working in this time? You get it? And they didn't know, you know, that God was testing them. You know, so early on we think, well, God, you're not going to test us. And it's just going to all be, it's all going to be uphill from here. It's just going to be, a no, I mean, all, all downhill from here. <laughs> no, it's just not that easy. See, God will allow us to go through tre- tests and circumstances that test us so that we can see what's inside of us so that he can change that. Yeah, and so he says, can you not see? Like, I'm, I, this is a test. And I want you to know that in this test, see, if you'll hear my voice, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep his statutes. So what is he saying? If you instead will turn to me in this moment and ask me what I think and what you should do, and then do that then you'll see that I can heal all of this. I can heal your family relations. I can heal what's going on in your family. I can use you to do it, as a matter of fact. But see, that doesn't come when we're grumbling and complaining because when we grumble and complain, when we're negative about what's going on, we get stuck in that situation and then nothing can change. And we can't be the change agents that we are. That's who we are. So how do we begin to change that? And Thanksgiving is a great way to start. Because when we get thankful, it takes our mind off the negative and puts it on the positive. And this is more than just positive thinking. It's actually a change of heart. But it begins with a change of thinking that is a repentance Repentance means that I'm turning from this and I'm turning to that. So 
if I can in those moments begin to thank God and thank him for who he is and thank him for what he's already done, begin to, it causes me to turn from the negative to the positive about who God really is, what he's already done. And then I don't see this situation as impossible. I see it as possible before God. God is the Lord, our healer. God is the Lord, our redeemer. God is the Lord, our peace. God is the Lord, our love, our justice, our mercy, our forgiveness, our everything. He can turn it all around. And so this Thanksgiving, this Thanksgiving, let's be thankful. I mean, really be thankful. When you walk into your, into the house where you're going to have Thanksgiving, maybe, maybe you're walking into a house where there's no family because you're either not around family or you have no family this Thanksgiving, but can you be thankful? Can you remember who you really are? And can you be thankful? And can you be real about what goes on in your life and yet still be thankful? so that you don't get stuck. The holidays should be a time of thanksgiving. The holidays should be a time when we remember what he has already done and that he's not finished yet. He's not finished with you. He's not finished with me. He's not finished with our families. And I know some of us are going through something really hard even right now, but in the midst of that, Can you thank God for what he's done so far? And can you thank him that he's not done yet? A song always comes to my mind. I'm going to sing a song and I'm probably not going to sound very good, but this is on my heart. And so I want to sing it for you. It's an old, old song, but I sing it every now and then when I am remembering to be thankful. It goes like this. For all that you've done, I will thank you. For all that you're going to do. For all that you've promised and all that you are. For all that you've carried me through. Jesus, I thank you. And I thank you. Thank you, Lord. And I thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving and setting me free. Thank you for giving your life just for me. How I thank you. Jesus, I thank you. Gratefully thank you. And I thank you. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Jesus has been so good. He has done so much for each and every one of us. I pray that whatever you're doing for Thanksgiving, I pray that wherever you find yourself and with whoever you are with, that you will remember who you are that you are loved by God, that you have value, that you are strong and empowered by the Holy Spirit, 
that you have work to do and you have a destiny and you have a promise over your head. And that today, in this moment, right now, as you thank Jesus for all he has already done in your life, you can also thank him for what he's about to do because he wants to change you and he wants to change them and he might just do it through you. So God bless you and happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening to the Move Forward podcast. We'd love it if you would take a moment to subscribe and rate this podcast, then share it with a friend. Subscribing gets you every new episode automatically downloaded to your device. For more information and resources from Kim, visit our website at kimmoss.com.